Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome in to another episode of Trailblazers here on SENZ, where we feature one of our top female athletes from Aotearoa. This week, I talked to one of the fastest female rally car drivers in the world, Emma Gilmore. She's achieved so much behind the wheel and has a fascinating story from horse riding to rally driver. She's currently based in the United Kingdom as a reserve driver for the Extreme E Series. We'll explain all that and more. Uh, We're very, very lucky to have Emma joining us uh, right now. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I guess, first and foremost, did you grow up and, you know, you knew you wanted to be a rally car driver? Because every kid has aspirations. They've all got a job they wanted to be when they grew up, whether it was a policeman, a firefighter, a rugby player. So for you, did you grow up and you thought, I want to be behind the wheel of a car? No, <laughs> I had no idea uh, what rally driving was really growing up. Um, like as a little girl, I guess, uh, I was a very keen horse rider. Uh, Mark Todd would have been my idol back in the day. Um, amazing athlete, watching him and Charisma win double gold, you know, at the Olympics. Uh, so, yeah, so from a very early age, I was focused on horse riding, wanted to ride at the Olympics. And, um, yeah, that was that was my dream. So uh, I came to rallying quite late. Um, I, I gave up the horses in my early 20s. And uh, I'd started by navigating for my, um, my sister and my cousin, um, and then had a go in the driver's seat and um, and I was hooked. It was like, you know, the buzz that I'd had with horse riding, but inside a car. And uh, yeah, from that point on, I was just absolutely dreaming about being a rally driver. That's amazing uh, that you idolised Mark Todd and that you were into uh, equestrian. <laughs> People think that horse riding is like a dangerous sport, but then you go and get behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> Well, it's funny because, yeah, I often say that. It's like, but I do it the reverse. I say, you know, people think rally driving's dangerous. And I'd like, I still take my hat off to horse riders. Like, they're just so gutsy. And, um, you know, and I think horse riding gives you such a grounding in any sport. Like, it can just, it's, you know, you put all of that work and all of that effort in, and then the horse can go lame or, you know, there's just so many potential disappointments. But um, for me, uh, you know, in a rally car, we've got a roll cage, we've got helmets, we've got seats like it's a very calculated safe risk is how I see it as and I see the horse riding as you know it's really gutsy. Talk to us more about uh, when you very first started rally Uh, you just said that um, you drove alongside your sister she was uh, your co or you were her co-driver what age were you what was it like when you first got behind the wheel and did you have other influences in your life that had also um, been into motorsport or driven? Yeah, so uh, so sitting beside my sister and my cousin, um, so my sister Monica, cousin Gwyn, uh, yeah, like it was fun. I really enjoyed, I've always enjoyed going fast, you know, and so sitting beside um, them on gravel roads, it was like, wow, this is so cool. But I never imagined 
you know being able to do it because you know if we hadn't uh grown up you know maybe being like boy racers going and playing on gravel roads or any of that kind of thing you know we're, we were sensible girls we didn't do that so um but in saying that uh mum and dad are both really good drivers dad's a mechanic my granddad on my mum's side's mechanic so we we're very much around cars growing up uh and dad and mum both drove really well. Dad always drove pretty quickly wherever we went as children. So we were pretty used to speed um, and overtaking people. So uh, I guess, you know, it, it came quite naturally because I was quite comfortable with speed, I suppose. It, it didn't feel too bizarre when you eventually just said, OK, this road is all yours. There's no police officers. There's no speed cameras. There's no traffic coming the other way. Just drive as fast as you can. When you talk about speed, like how fast is fast? Um, it's interesting because rallying is 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 different in that. To me, I say a speed and like it is fast. It's fast for a gravel road. But, you know, like when you compare it to, say, the formula drivers and guys that are on a racetrack where they're getting over 200, 300 kilometres an hour, we, we don't see that in a rally car. But we're still doing 180 kilometres an hour on a gravel road. So that's pretty crazy as well. <laughs> 180 kilometres, like it's something, I guess, for regular drivers. Everyone drives, right? We drive every single day. It's just part of our lives. But we would have no idea what that actually feels like. What does it feel like <laughs> to be behind the wheel? Like, do you feel in control of the car? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, when we say 180, we're not doing 180 for a long, you know, like our cars aren't geared to do 180. But, you know, a majority of our time we're doing between 100 and 150 kilometres an hour on a gravel road. So, you feel, I mean, for me, it's, um, you feel in control because I guess, you know, there's nothing else for me to worry about except the car and the road, you know, versus when you just go and drive everyday driving and you're driving through a busy, um, you know, shopping centre, there's so many potential hazards, you know, so naturally your speed drops because your eyes are scanning, looking at, you know, who's going to come out of the car, who's backing out, who's crossing the road, all those sorts of things. But when you're racing, all you've got to think about is the road, the pace notes that the co-driver's giving you and, and, you know, making sure you've got the right speed for the corner. Now, you talked about when you first started and you'd um, go out to these gravel roads, I'm assuming in Dunedin, where do you go? Uh, yeah, it's a, really one of the most challenging things when you're learning to drive to, with rallying because you need somewhere secure. You can't just um, go and play on gravel roads because it's it's dangerous. Um, so you either get um, like closed forestry roads or um, I was really lucky uh, when I very first started, I got access to sort of a quarry space that could be locked up and I could just go and practice doing handbrake turns and um, Scandinavian flicks and getting the car moving and stuff. So that was a real cool thing. But it was something I struggled with coming from horse riding where I could practice every single day. You know, I could go and practice doing my dressage or jumping. Um, so it was difficult with with rallying in that way. But but the biggest mileage you gain is, is going and competing and doing you know smaller club hill climbs or rally sprints and that kind of thing okay this sounds so cool um and it's obviously <laughs> it's new to me and I'm sure it's going to be new to uh, everyone listening as well but what's a Scandinavian flick did you call it <laughs> yeah so you might have seen it um it, it's a, a thing where you're basically using the momentum of the car so so if you're coming up to, say, a left-hand corner, you'd actually turn the car to the right as you're coming off the off the brakes and the gas. And then, wait a minute, I'm thinking about it. As, as you're braking, it's, so, it's still instinctive, but I'm trying to describe it now. So as you come off the brake, um, the car will naturally pivot. It, it's like when you see a... Um, 
uh, car sort of getting more and more out of control as it fishtails, you're kind of using that natural momentum that's happening from a car, but helping it to actually turn around the corner. So it takes a lot of timing and, and precision to do it. So cool. Uh, I won't try this at home, though. <laughs> um, no, no, we don't try it at home. <laughs> when you talk about, like, there is nothing like the actual race experience, what was your first race or your first rally like? Like, and when was it? Can you describe it to us? Yeah, so um, so my first ever tarmac experience, so so the first rally I ever entered was a, a tarmac rally, and um, my family had been competing, like, because mum and dad were rallying as well, um, dad driving and mum co-driving for him, and we were doing a, an event called the Targa Rally, which is a tarmac rally up in the North Island, so I wanted to do that um, as my first rally, but dad thought he should sit beside me at my first ever event to make sure I was going to be okay. So we um, went up to Taumaranui and did a one-day tarmac rally. And um, and I think dad got a bit of a shock because he wasn't quite sure. I obviously wasn't phased by the speed, but he wasn't sure if I had the skills to go with it. So um, he, he sort of had, took a while to relax and to realise that I was under control. But, um, you know, we finished, I think there's about 100 cars and we finished sixth overall and we won our class. So I had a pretty good... Um, entry into into tarmac racing and then uh from that I thought oh I'd quite like to have a go at the gravel because you know I, at this stage I still didn't um wasn't going to pursue it or anything it was just it was just a bit of fun um and then had the opportunity to do what they call the course car at my local rally which is the Otago rally in Dunedin uh where um at the start of every rally, there's a, a what they call a zero car that goes in front of the field to alert um, spectators that the road's now closed, that the next car is going to be the first competition car. So um, I was allowed to do this, and it was my first time driving on gravel. So uh, I got a good friend. He ended up becoming my partner, um, who was a professional co-driver. He came along and sat beside me. And it was the best thing I could have done because he gave me really good tuition on how to drive a car on gravel because you can watch from the outside, but to actually know what a driver's doing with their hands and feet and all those kind of things, you don't really see it unless you've got that first-hand experience. So he really um, helped me speed up my, my learning curve of, of driving and um, doing course car, like we set some we didn't set them, but we were we were really competitive with our times, and I was absolutely hooked. And from that point on, we then um, went and entered actually an international rally as my first ever proper rally on gravel. So is that the moment where you sort of thought, I want to take this further, or you had bigger goals and aspirations in the sport rather than doing it for pure enjoyment? I I, I loved it. Like it was an absolute buzz. I, I thought it was it was just so much fun, but. You know, having come out of horse riding that is just so expensive, I knew that this was even probably more expensive. So um, with um, Glenn's encouragement, which is the co-driver, he um, he recognised my talent. And he says, well, if, you, if it's what you want to do, you have got the ability to go to a high level. So had quite a different approach to, say, some other drivers where they do years of club racing um, before they step up to national or international level we had the theory that if I go straight to like an international national level event, I'll get media coverage, I'll get exposure, which helps get sponsorship, which helps pay for the whole process. So um, so it was a pretty, um, uh, what would you call it, ballsy type move. I hate using that word, but, um, you know, to, to go and do that. But it, it paid off because I did attract sponsorship and it, and it helped that whole journey to start. What What's so addictive about it? Like, what did you love? What kept you going back? <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah, there's uh, like there's so much that's similar to the horse riding in terms of you know when you've got a car just going as like the only limit is yourself and how fast you think you can go. Um, and then having a car moving on gravel, it, it really is like dancing with a car at high speed. And, you know, you get it to just slide through an apex, which is the, the point of the corner, you know, and then you get the car to flick and go through the next apex. Like it's just, it's the most addictive feeling in the world. And I, I still love it. And, you know, over the last few years, I've had many challenges and disappointments, but just experiencing that buzz it just keeps you hooked to go through all those difficulties <laughs> we will touch on uh, those challenges in a little bit as well um if you don't mind if we can dive a little bit deeper into them because it may help other people as well um but just before we go to a break you talked about how in your first rally your father was your co-driver uh, and your father and mother were actually they were always in the same car together as driver and co-driver <laughs> i know uh, in my family cars mum's always yelling at dad or there's always a backseat driver so how did that dynamic work for you and your family <laughs> um well i think we've all got a bit of speed in our in our van so um so I, I think it always went pretty smoothly. I think every so often mum would, would pull dad in, but she's she's a pretty brave co-driver. So, um, you know, she she co-drove for me at a couple of events as well. So it takes a bit to, to phase her. So uh, hats off to her for, for sitting beside us all. That is the Gilmores. Uh, Emma, we're just going to go to a quick break, but we will be back on SENZ Trailblazers right after this. You're listening to Trailblazers here on SENZ and we've got an absolute star of uh, rally cars, Emma Gilmore for New Zealand, who's also competing overseas at the moment. Uh, Emma, there's always, when we talk about cars and when we talk about driving, there's this, there's this myth that people always talk about the fact that women can't drive. So when you hear that, like, how much does that grind your gears? <laughs> uh I don't know if it's a grinding of gears. It actually gives me more satisfaction because it's like, you know, like women are doing it. It's just, you know, I just, it's such an outdated concept, you know. Um, there's poor driving in every gender and, and there's good driving in every gender. So I just sort of think, yeah, I, I, I think if, it was, if I was someone that got really worked up about things like that, like you probably wouldn't have got as far in the sport you sort of just have to roll with a lot of those kind of um those comments and and think well I'll show you you know whatever <laughs> are there many females in the sport and were there when you first started uh so when I first started um Deborah Kibble had just won the um New Zealand um production car championship so she um you know she showed that that girls could rally and uh and there wasn't a great deal of female co-drivers. Like I was, when I first started co-driving, there was a, a few of us doing it, but it wasn't as common as it is now. So that's, it's really exciting for the sport that there's a lot more female um, co-drivers uh, taking part. There's a lot of female um, volunteers and um, that side of the sport. So uh, I think New Zealand's done a really good job and, and um, uh, you know, making the diversity um, in, in the sport is really good. Uh, I think, uh, you know, rallying is still a hard sport to get into regardless of gender, so it would still be good to see more girls um, coming in to rallying. But in saying that, when you look at, you know, sort of sister sports like go-karting, for example, like there's really strong female representation there. So I think that's that's really good for the sport, um, and, and it is happening. Uh, but, you know, the more that we have there, the more it just becomes a normal thing. 
You've touched on uh, struggles and challenges over the past couple of years. Um, you mentioned one from the very beginning was money. Of course, it is a very costly sport. But what are some of the um, harder things that you have been through in your career so far? Yeah, I think, you know, like, like you mentioned, that the, the sponsorship is always a, a challenge. And it's something that I feel I've been very lucky with. I've had a, a fantastic relationship with um, Vantage Windows and Doors, um, who've been with me for the majority of my journey um, rallying here in New Zealand. And, and they've always been, you know, hugely supportive of, of what I've done. And, and then more recently, uh, with Suzuki New Zealand, um, you know, likewise, they've been a really loyal sponsor um, through as well. So it's, you know, I suppose once you get to a certain level, the driving is, is a part of, of what you're doing, but actually looking after your, your sponsorship relations is, is, a, is a really big part of it as well, which enables you to go racing. Uh, you know, for me, I've, I've struggled with um, vehicle reliability over the last few years, and, um, and it's just it's, it's so frustrating because, you know, it doesn't matter how talented you are if you haven't got the equipment to, to show people and get the results. So, um, you know, it's it's hard again you know sort of coming back to the relations you've got to to still um provide value to what people are investing in um and when you can't get those results it's just it it breaks your heart sometimes like there's been many tears over the last few years and um and you know and you do question it you think why on earth am I putting myself through this you know I could just be going out for coffee with friends on my Sunday instead of instead of breaking my heart in a forest but um you know like I mentioned earlier that that buzz that I get from driving, um, nothing else matches it. And as long as I can keep doing that, you know, racing in New Zealand, it's it's relatively affordable. Um, we have the best roads in the world. It's a cliche, but it's the truth. And, um, you know, we're just, we're so lucky to be able to do what we do. Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, what are the best places that you've driven, uh, that you've competed in, whether it's New Zealand or across the world? Uh, so in terms of actual driving, like New Zealand roads are amazing because they're, um, they're generally pretty wide, they're smooth, um, they're fast, um, they're challenging. You know, up north we have these really strong what they call cambers, which means you can sort of like on a velodrome on a bike, like you can carry more speed, you have more grip. So it's just a real challenge. It's, it's amazing. But uh, when I raced uh, in Finland, um, WRC Finland, like that would probably be one of the biggest buzzes in terms of, competing in front of a crowd, you know, rallying is like um, rugby to New Zealanders back here. Um, they're just madly passionate about it. So pretty cool going through the forest there with these massive spectator crowds. Uh, racing up in um, Indonesia was really um, unique. The, the cool thing about rallying is you go into um, communities, I guess is what you'd call it. You know, it's not like you're just based at a, at a racetrack for the whole weekend. You're actually out going through, um, you know, these amazing landscapes and countrysides and seeing real people. So um, going into these villages that just look like they've got absolutely nothing, but, you know, then you see the, the TV wired up inside the hut and just, you know, those kind of cool experiences. So, um, yeah, I've been very lucky. What is training like? Like, what do you do for training? Because I'm sure it's not just getting behind uh, the wheel. And, and who's a part of your team? Because it is a team sport, isn't it? It is a team sport, very much so. Um, so firstly, with the training, uh, staying generally fit is, is the best that I can do. It's, um, 
it's a surprising sport because you look at it from the outside and just think, oh, she's just sitting there, you know, pushing the pedals, steering the steering wheel. But uh, the whole adrenaline side of it, um, you know, gets your heart rate pretty high. So, uh, you know, when when I get onto the start line, naturally my heart rate will go up to sort of, you know, 80% of my maximum and it will be sitting there. You know, even though I'm not out of breath and I can talk, um, it's just that whole adrenaline, adrenaline side of it. So, uh, you know, our stages can be anything from 10 minutes to 25 minutes long. Um, multiple times in a day so you sort of have to be able to get up to near maximum heart rate recover and then do it again um, multiple times so being fit is good um, being strong through your core and um, your neck and all those kind of things also helps just for the the physicality of driving uh, but uh, yeah it's just it, it's a surprising thing because they're also quite hot inside the cars as well there's no air conditioning obviously and a lot of heat gets generated from the engine and the gearboxes so yeah. And what's the relationship like between you and your co-driver? Like who has what roles? <laughs> yeah, we, we often discuss which one's crazier. I'm not <laughs> sure if I think he's crazier sitting beside me and trusting me, but I think he thinks I'm crazier having the <laughs> steering wheel. So, um, I mean, it's an absolute relationship of trust. You really do, um, you know, you can't be second guessing what they're telling you. You have to just believe believe whatever they're, um, they're describing to you. And you spend a lot of time together inside the car I mean, um, Mel, who I'm currently working with, like he's great. We um, we get along really well, and um, you know, and every event you do together, you just get more and more of a relationship in terms of that trust and and understanding each other. So, uh, it's it's a crucial role, and it's often overlooked by drivers how important the co-driver is. Um, you know, they they probably can't make you go any faster than you're capable of you doing, but they can definitely slow you up if they're not up to their jobs. So. Is, uh, is everyone in the sport friendly? I mean, um, when it comes to rally, because we obviously see the great rivalries when it comes to like the F1 and, and all those guys that do all of that. But are there rivalries like there are in other sports? <laughs> um, it's interesting because I've been doing it for so long now. And, um, you know, over, over the time, there's been different rivals, rivalries, people that have come and gone and, and that sort of thing. But you know, all in all, it is it is a really good group of people. You know, you're all out there doing what you want to do. Um, you're racing on the road. You're not racing against each other, which is quite different to the other motorsports where, you you know, you're both jostling for the same track position. Yeah. Um, and, and I think rallying really keeps you humble because, you know, it, we've all been there when, you know, when the car's broken or we've made a mistake and, and damaged the car. You know, like you, you just really can't have too big an ego with it because it's it's such a humbling sport. When it comes to safety, I mean, you've touched on it a little bit and you said that you feel so safe. There are so many things that are put in place nowadays so that you do feel safe. But have you had any hairy moments, any scary moments um, or moments that you have been in genuine danger, crashes and things like that? Because that does come hand in hand with the sport, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So it's funny because, well, it's not funny. It's actually like I had a really big accident in um, quite a few years ago now up in Whangarei and up until that point, it was quite early on in my career. And um, and I was always like, you'd have hairy moments, you'd go a bit wide and you think, oh, that was a bit close. Or, you know, it was all, I thought I had time to be worried. But when I had this very big accident, um, by the time I thought, shit, we're having an accident, like that, that just happened so quickly. So I was I was up on a, on a ridge line. I made an error in my pace notes. I thought I was going to be going flat over this crest, going slightly to the right. And when I came over the crest slightly to the right, the road was very to the right. <laughs> so there was no road where I was and we we're off the edge of the road. Um, 
and you know I just I shut my eyes and we were along for the ride and unfortunately it was, it was a huge accident and um, my seat actually um, part of it broke in the in the crash so I came loose in my belt so I got knocked out on the roll cage so it was um, it was a, a bad accident um, I being a horse rider you know get back on got to do, do the next thing. Um, I rallied three weeks later, which was probably a bit of a mistake because uh, my head wasn't ready for it. Um, eventually spent some time with head injury clinic trying to improve my balance and bits and pieces, but I would have said that it was a good year before I felt fully well inside a car again, just with the whole um, concussion, you know, having a bad concussion. Like, I don't want to make you relive it all over again, but like, it sounds seriously (laughs) traumatic, even just listening to the way that you're describing it and what happened in that event. So glad that everything is now okay. It was a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. And and I again, if, if for those that have experienced a head injury, they can probably understand where I'm coming from. Like you think, oh, I'm doing really good. And, and you are doing really good from where you were last week, but you're actually still a long way from being, you know, fully healthy. So it's, a, it's an unusual, um, tough road coming back from a head injury. We are with Emma Gilmore on Trailblazers here on SENZ, one of the fastest rally drivers in the world, definitely in New Zealand. Uh, We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Trailblazers here on SENZ, and we're joined by uh, Emma Gilmore, who is part of this brand new Extreme E-Series. First and foremost, Emma, can you just tell us what actually is it? (laughs) Yeah, it's a a totally new... um, kind of motorsport, I guess. So we're in fully electric off-road vehicles. Uh, We travel to remote locations that are highlighting uh, what's been happening with um, environmental change and and planet damage. And uh, and the other really unique thing about it is that there's two drivers per car, one male, one female. So so they're combating, um, you know, they're looking at diversity, they're looking at environment. Um, You know, it's just a, a brand new kind of motorsport. This is like all the issues that's going on in the world right now and it seems to be solved in one event. Um, let's take off uh, first and foremost, climate change. Uh, when you think about motorsport and you think about like the petrol and all the fumes and everything, this seems this is doing the opposite. Yeah, well, I think that's what they're trying to, to educate and show showcase is that motorsport is still a really cool form of um, educating people, you know, of, of making something exciting, um, which can sometimes, you know, be daunting for people when they're looking at it. But, uh, you know, motorsport has a huge following around the world. So if we can show that we can actually do motor racing, um, you know, one of their catchphrases is, is racing without leaving a trace, Um you know, I think I think it's really cool. So, you know, they, they focus on it's not a spectator um, series. So there's no spectators at these events. It's just fully televised. Um, they are going to areas where they're highlighting and they generally leave a legacy project of something that they're doing. The last event we went to in Greenland, they left solar panels. You know, when we're, um, you know, at the catering tent, we've all got our own, um, you know, picnic utensils and stuff, which is just really simple things, but it's actually kind of really important when you're bringing all these people into a you know to an area that doesn't normally have population it is really important and the other thing that's really important is the gender equality um you've talked about the teams there's four drivers two males two females um you're a reserve driver and i don't want to say your team name maybe you can say it for us because i don't want to butcher it (laughs) so what is the team that you're driving for 
Yeah, so the team I'm driving for is Veloci, and they're a, um, a UK-based team. Uh, my male driver is Stefan Sarazen. So, yeah, like you touched on, I'm, I was uh, called up as the reserve driver this year. Uh, last year, I thought I was going to be signed up as a number one driver for another team. Didn't end up happening, so I was, I was left without a, a drive at the start of the year, but um, picked this up, which was fantastic. Their number one driver, uh, Jamie Chadwick, is competing in a um, formula series and she had a couple of date clashes. So, um, yeah, so it's been cool to be able to come in and have a go. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just that whole diversity side of it, um, it, it's amazing taking part in a motorsport where it's actually 50-50 male-female. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I've never, never taken part in that before. That's amazing for sport in general, isn't it? Um, yeah, but when it comes to your experience, I think you had your debut, was it in Greenland? Yes, what, yeah, de- debut in Greenland. What have these experiences Sorry. been like for you? Yeah, so uh, it was very much getting thrown in the deep end in Greenland because I hadn't driven the vehicle because um, another part of the of the series is that um, they're not using air travel for getting the, the cars around. So they're on a boat that goes to and from the events. Um, and uh, so that what that means is that you get very limited time with the cars. So, so uh, the first time I got to drive it was just before the event. And um, and then the course itself, you only get such limited time driving it. So, you know, so I think, you know, I maybe got to do four laps over the whole weekend. So, um, you know, it's pretty hard to get yourself up to speed pretty quickly. But the cars were quite fun to drive. Um, the, the surface was so rough. Like in our race seats, they have what they call wings that come down the side of um, your head to protect you if you get a big knock from the side. Um, but because it was so rough, like your head was like a wee pinball going from side to side inside the wings the whole time. So, um, yeah, it was, it was um, deceptively rough, the course. If you could, if you look back on everything that you've done uh, so far in your career, like can you pick a couple of highlights, a couple of moments that you've just been like, wow, have I actually done this? <laughs> uh yeah i it, it's tough because I've, I've i've had so many cool experiences um yeah. uh like i touched on like doing wrc rally finland that that was you know that was a really cool thing to do um i got second in the asia pacific series in 2009 which was a really cool experience in visiting countries like indonesia and malaysia and china to go rallying uh i got to compete in the global rally cross series in america with reese millen and um hyundai racing and I mean, that was surreal. It was like going and playing a video game, but with a real car. It was really um, crazy. Uh, winning, um, becoming the first woman to win a, an event outright in New Zealand, uh, you know, that was that was a real cool thing to do, especially with the team and how much effort had gone into building a car and stuff. Uh, I won a, a cross-country selection thing for a global, um, global challenge with all the women drivers, and, and I won that um, to learn about racing in the desert and sand dunes and stuff and I mean that was just so cool and and that's something that I'll touch on is that I've had so many cool opportunities because I've been a girl in the sport you know um obviously I I have got talent but because you're something a bit different I've been able to go over and do these really cool things that you know a lot of um male drivers of similar talent here in New Zealand haven't had that same opportunity so I feel very very lucky um for what I've been able to do but you also deserve it um just with the list of things (laughs) that you've I mean that's just a few things that you've just listed off there like if someone had have told you 20 years ago you know that this is what you'd be doing that these are the things you would have achieved what would you have said you know, would you have like, no, no. <laughs> no, no, it's just like, like I still pinch myself because, um, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's probably one of the things I've learned most through sport is that 
um, you know, early on, I guess I was probably so focused, like you, you are coming out of the equestrian or but just being younger, I guess, that you're going to achieve this and that's going to be success in the sport, you know, by achieving a certain thing. But for me, I think what I've learned through motorsport, and it's probably what helps me when times are tough, is that, you know, it is the journey and what I'm getting to do is just so lucky, you know, whether it's chatting to you tonight, um, you know, all the people you meet and the places you visit, and that's really the gift of your sport, you know, it's it's those experiences which which you don't get to do unless you're doing a sport like this, you know, and that's that's where I feel really um, blessed with with what I've been able to do. Well, I feel like we're very blessed to be able to share these experiences, you know, and, and to hear your story as well. So thank you so much for sharing with us. We're just going to take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to SENZ. Uh, we've got Emma Gilmore joining us for the latest version of Trailblazers. Uh, we're very lucky to be able to share your journey with you. Uh, I suppose the future, we've talked about uh, some of the things that you've achieved so far, what you're currently doing. What more do you want to achieve? Like, what are Emma Gilmore's goals? <laughs> I want to win more. Everyone <laughs> does, don't more. they? Yeah, I, probably, I probably need to finish events first before we get to the winning bit. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still – I'll keep doing it as long as I'm enjoying it. You know, I, I still absolutely love driving. It, it's just, you know, I, I feel so lucky to be able to do it. Uh, I'm really lucky with this Extreme E opportunity. Uh, you know, it's it's come along at a, a fantastic time in my career because I feel, you know, with the experience I've got and all of these different kind of motorsports makes me really well suited to, to this new series. Um, and it's the first time where I can actually, you know, make a, a career, I suppose, or a, a living from going and driving. Um, you know, it, up, and, up until now, it's always been very much a challenge of juggling sponsorship to cover my running costs of my rally team but still having a job and a business that I also haven't need and you know to to make a living as such so um to have an opportunity like that I, I feel really lucky um you know to be able to go overseas and and um and get paid to drive let's talk about that um because we haven't really touched um, off off the course or outside of the car, but when you take that helmet off, when you step outside of the car, like who is Emil Gilmore? What makes you tick? What other things do you do? Uh, so I, I do have a business which uh, is around cars. So uh, you know, I was really lucky um, through through my motorsport that I um, made the relationship with Suzuki New Zealand, and um, and through that relationship, uh, we ended up getting the franchise for Suzuki in Dunedin. Um, parents had a car dealership which helped me step into it, and yeah, and ultimately now I have the car dealership there on my own. Um, and Suzuki's a you know is a wonderful brand to to work with. So. Um, so a businesswoman as well when I take my, my racing hat off. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I love my friends. I love my family. love animals. Um, you know, I just enjoy being a good person, I guess. <laughs> Sounds you, so cliche. <laughs> how do you manage to juggle the two? Because we, we've had uh, quite a few of the women on our podcast that are doing several things as well. So how do you find the balance? Uh having good people around you you know you can't do it on your own at all so I'm really really lucky here I am overseas at the moment and I've got such a great team uh, at Gilmore Motor Suzuki at home you know they've they've really they've all um yeah I've just got good people and, and likewise with my rally team I've got good people that run that car as well so yeah you can't be superwoman you know you can you can do lots of things but you can't do everything so um, you know, having good people around you that support you and, and um, you know, allow you to chase your dreams is very important. 
You touched on your friends, your family as well, and also animals. Uh, I've done a little bit of stalking, and I see that you've got two uh, beautiful Burmese cats uh, by the name of Harry and Millie. So tell us about them, please. <laughs> oh, I think I think they might be really annoyed with me at the moment because I've been away for about two months. So I feel sorry for them. But um, yeah, no, they're they're very um, easy pets because I love dogs as well. But yeah, dogs are a bit more like beginner children, I think. So the cats are pretty easy maintenance. But um, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I've taught Harry to do tricks. So he'll um, like play dead and roll over and high five. So um, yeah, it's probably a sign I need more hobbies if I've taught my cats to do tricks. Burmese <laughs> cats, are they the ones that are like really intelligent? Yeah, yeah, they are. And this is the thing, because the female, Millie, um, I can't teach her to do tricks. And I'm not sure if that's a sign of intelligence or not. I'm not sure. I haven't worked that out yet. We'll go with the intelligence <laughs> side of things. Um, if there was, like, someone listening to this uh, that would love to get into the sport, what sort of advice would you be giving them? Uh, join a local car club. We've got amazing car clubs throughout New Zealand, really good people, really friendly people, people encouraging you to get involved. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have a car. You can go along and volunteer. You can help out. Um, and then there's other ways of you know getting started from that. So um, go to Motorsport New Zealand's website, um, and they have all the clubs there that will be a club in your area. But, um, yeah, just get into it. Like, honestly, people people want to help you get into it. Um, no one will be judging you or criticising you. Just it's a great group of people. And uh, what would you tell – these are – sorry, these are a little bit deep. But um, what would you tell your younger self, like, before you got into rally when you were still horse racing – or horse riding, sorry, if you could go back in time, do you have things now that you've seen over the years that you, like, wish you knew or you wish you could tell yourself when it comes to the sport? Uh, I think I think it's patience, you know. Like, you're so impatient. It, it, well, I'm still impatient now. I don't, <laughs> don't think I've learned it. But, um, you know – these things take time. There's no shortcut for experience. You've just got to do the hard yards, you know, and 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 just keep being there, you know, being being consistent um, and, and just believing because, you know, your time will come. Do you ever get sick of driving? Do you ever get sick of being behind the wheel because you do it for a job, you know? Uh, racing, no. Um, driving every day, yes. <laughs> so you're just like the rest of us then? Like the mundane day-to-day stuff, you're like, oh, do I have to? Especially when you're stuck in traffic and you're like, oh, come on. So, yeah, but no. (laughs) Um, And finally from me, um, before I'll open it up to you if you'd like to say anything else, but what's next for you? What have you got coming up? Uh, So I've got the next round of the Extreme E Series. So that's going to be in Sardinia uh, on the 23rd and 24th of October. Um, and then hopefully I should have some news about next year and what I'm up to next year. Anything that you can give us hints on for next year? It's exciting. Well, that's a great tease, and now we're all waiting to see what's coming up next year. When when will we know? When's the news going to drop? It it won't be until after the the next event, I'd say. Well, we'll all be holding our breath, fingers crossed for you. Um, Is there anything else you would like to say? Is there anything about your journey along the way that you would like to share uh, with people listening or any thank yous? Um, I I think I've probably touched on it in the different talking, but I mean, just just that whole thing of uh, you need people around you, you know, for, for every part of life, you know, be it your sport, your business, 
just in general, you know, um, I think, you know, your mental health is so important and having good people around you supporting you and, and uh, picking you up when you need it. Um, yeah, it's, it's so important to life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I honestly feel um, like we are very, very lucky to have you on the Trailblazers podcast, Emma Gilmore. So thank you, seriously.